I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Um, so let me give you the line-up. There's me, Frank Skinner. Hello, Mr. Radio. Um, there's Hello, Alan Mr. Cochran. Radio. And there's Emily Dean. <laughs> um, sorry, that was the only one I had for you, Em. It seems... Do you know, I'm very happy with my sound effects. Well, you're brassy. <laughs> yeah, I am. And that was, that was brassy, so yeah. I, think, I think we're on. Um, we're on uh, Absolute Radio, still... Alan and I are feeling like you need to get something off your chest this morning. Yeah, yeah. have you got any Vic Vapor on? <laughs> um, no, I've been watching um, intermittently this week, and that's not the name of a, a, a new Keira Knightley emotional movie. It's, uh, it, I've been watching uh, Red or Black. Oh, mm. yeah. T- I don't know if you're aware of Red or Black. It's a con- it's, we have actually talked about it on the show before when the original idea was yeah. uh, mooted. We talked about what it would be like, but I don't think any of us, for one ex for one moment, thought it would be the glimpse through the gates of hell that the programme has turned out to be. <laughs> I think it's quite significant the colours red and black are the colours of the devil. <laughs> and indeed, Nazi Germany. Not a fan, then. <laughs> um, I tell you what Simon Cowell has done. He's looked at um, the success of The X Factor and Britain's Got Talent, and he's thought, do we need the talent part of this? Yeah. Can't we just have... Like fifty-fifty guessing. He probably thought. Think of the popularity. What's a really popular game? What about heads or tails? Perhaps yeah. we could get a theme on on that. <laughs> and they even have people. You have the heartbreak stories that you get yeah, on the talent shows. You know, yeah, you know, my uh, with Adele music, Frank playing underneath yeah, you know, all their crying. My wife was born with three heads. And, and all that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, the, a million quid would really, you know, really help us mm. and stuff like that. And then they either say red or they say black, rather than they're either good at something or bad at something. Yeah. Now, there might be people at home saying, but this is a great chance for the ordinary people to have a million quid. Yeah, but um, that's... Lovely that's not... people that have won it. Um, yeah. And, um, you know what I particularly... Like the lottery in that. There's something about money that seeks out the um, the... What was he called? The Lotto Lout and all those yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. It does. I'm starting to think that. It's made me feel very differently about Ant and Dick. Has it? Has it? Because I, I, I'm wondering... Do you think it's dented their brand? Um, well, to me now, they represent pure evil. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're going to need a J-cloth, because uh, <laughs> someone's just spat tea across the studio. You know, those, those, are, those early flickerings of, you know, the, uh, the occasional strange viewer phoning and, uh, uh-huh. you know, money going. I thought that was just, it was nothing. I'm now starting to think that Ant could be short for Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> and Deck may be December, you know, the end of days, the dark times. I... I do. I think they're presiding over the, the death of, of British society. When I, you say I, it's made you feel different about them, I have had a similar thing, but uh, on a much more minor scale. Because okay. I turned it over, and I, I don't really understand the programme, but I don't think that's... Hold set on, Red or Black? What don't you understand? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not a tricky format. I think that, what, can I just say, that you can. in case you doubt this, this thing, that this is the devil's work, yeah. one of the things they had, um, what they called Il Devo... Oh, Il Devo, The man from yeah. Il Devo, and in order to decide whether it was red or black, they had to pull <laughs> feathers out of an angel's <laughs> wings. <laughs> How much 
imagery do you want that this is the work of the devil? I honestly think that this is a, a filthy, vile virus at the centre of British society that will bring us all down. I think Anton Deck should be hung up like Mussolini and Claretta Petucci. Well, we're out of the blocks this morning, aren't we? Well, you know, I could be wrong. <laughs> Absolute Radio, Frank Skinner. We've had a text in. Hurrah! <laughs> Morning, Frank and gang. What's this I hear that you're on for two hours? How are you going to cope, Munchie? Well, we're on <laughs> well, for two hours. I don't know where hours. to begin with this text, We're on for Munchie. two hours every week. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't mean that we know how we're going to cope, but... Uh, <laughs> well, is that, Munchie's a funny old name, though. Yes. Sounds to me like someone who might have had the Munchies for most of the <laughs> early hours of the morning. Mm. But, yeah, we know, we're on for two hours every, every Saturday morning, Munchie. Silly. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Gary Monia... Gary Mania, has, um, that's what you are. Well, that's, that's very good, because he's talking about you ask people to make a song with their name in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's coming with, um, my name fits perfectly in the song, what's that coming over the hill? It's, it's Gary, Gary Mania. Mania. It's, it's Gary, Gary Mania. Mania. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, <laughs> imagine the elation when Gary Mania discovered that for the first time. I'd like to have been there to have seen his little face. You know, you know that mole he's got that just above the... the, yeah. that, the I bet that just twitched a bit. That's great. See, I went for um, Gary Mania to the tune of Unforgettable by, um, by um, yeah. Nat King Cole. Anyway, that's this morning's phoning. Uh, songs that fit Gary Mania's name most appropriately. <laughs> How do you spell Monier? Um, M-O-N-N-I-E-R. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Mm. Someone's also had a bizarre eureka moment. Idiotic eureka moment, yeah. yeah. In case any uh, new, new listeners start here, this is the idea that you... Something for years that you haven't got and you suddenly get it. Like for the, ex the classic example was I used to watch the BT adverts and the fact that the woman was called BT... Never mm. struck me that that was a pun on BT for about five years. Okay. So it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> I had one this morning, actually. But that's my business. Oh, I, no, I had, uh, I had uh, an idiotic eureka moment when I was looking in the papers. Well, actually, it wasn't. It reminded me of an uh, of okay. idiotic. There was a, a feature, I don't know if you, anyone who's read today's tabloids will have seen this. Eric Clapton is photographed in a... Um, oh, in the laundrette? In a laundrette, Oh, yeah. I didn't like those pictures. I, I, yeah, I know what you mean, but I think he just... I'd, why would he be in a laundry, Eric Clapton? He looked all caught unawares yeah. with his smalls. I didn't like he did it. He some sort of crime. Yeah. Oh, no. Laundering the evidence. <laughs> Do you think that? Yeah, what, what wiping blood off the... Oh, no. That, that old one that yeah. they always do. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that it's come to this. I think he had a full-length leather as well, like Ron Atkinson. I didn't like his clothes. Anyway. Did he have a full-length leather? I think he had a, an Atkinson full-length leather. Oh, bro, it's a bit mat matrixy. <laughs> matrix. Um, that's, what, that's my new rule for all our listeners. If you see anyone in a full-length leather coat, you have to go, matrix. Immediately, right? Especially if they're really fashionable people. And... Um, so go on, so... So, yeah, so it said um, slow hand wash was the headline because he's known as old slow hand, Is Eric he? Clapton. Yeah, that's yeah. his nickname. Oh, OK. And I always assumed that that was to do with his guitar technique, that he was so, mm. you know, he, he, he was so effortless. Mm. But, um... The re actually, I say this is a eureka. In fact, he told me oh, okay. <laughs> that it actually comes from... I like a celebrity idiotic eureka. <laughs> yeah, that it was what they used to... It was his nickname... 
slow hand because slow hand clap turn. Oh, slow hand clap. Oh, I get it. Slow hand clap turn. Do you see? Yeah, yeah, very good. We've had um, a brilliant um, text from Phil. Well, you put the pressure on Phil. I know. Um, and he's, well, I'm going to have to sing it. <laughs> and he said, when I was 17, it was a Gary Monnier. <laughs> Cleanliness, they say, is next to godliness, but only in a really rubbish dictionary. <laughs> That's uh, some of the material I shall be uh, using tonight. <laughs> when I, I don't know if, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I, I, I've been the president of the Samuel Johnson Society. Um, Samuel Johnson was an 18th oh, yeah. century uh, writer, and uh, he wrote a big your dictionary. Induction. Yeah, mm. and I have to hand it over tonight. My, my term is up. Oh. It's that thing, you know, it, it's like, you remember when Gordon Brown stood in uh, outside number 10 down the street, uh, yeah. gave that emotional sort of fair, well, obviously it hasn't gone that badly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hand over tonight, and they, I, I, the bloke uh, phoned me up and he said, uh, you know, you have to hand over to the new president, and I said, who is he? And he says, um, Susie Dent. And I said, oh, she's, she's great in the Bond films. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very bad line. <laughs> Susie Dent is actually... The count Yeah, she's, she's from Dictionary she's Corner. from Dictionary Corner, yeah. Did I ever tell you that Judy Dent, I was once having my photo taken outside the Ivy, which is quite a, a sort of posh restaurant in mm. London. If you're going to get it done anyway, do it there. Yeah, well, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was a press thing. It wasn't just uh, a friend doing my photo. And uh, a car pulled up and, and Dame Judy Dent got out. And as she went past, I heard her say, I, I thought this place was for celebrities. <gasps> she didn't. She, she did. zinged you. You got zinged by she Dame Judy. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Uh, yeah, she's got I that look. I didn't know she had it in her. Oh, yeah, she's got that look about it, don't you think? Oh, she's turned. She's I not. Wow. She's a woman at very at home with a grimace. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you fired something back like that. No, I was taken aback <laughs> to be cut down by Judy oh. Dench. I mean, for goodness. Just like, got, she trampled you underfoot by the sounds yeah, of it. But she looks like that. I mean, in the Bond film, she looks... Yeah. She, I tell you what she looks like. That the, the director says, OK, James, Ju uh, James Judy, we're just getting ready for this take mm -hmm. now. And she says, OK, and she'll go, Karen. And a personal assistant will come over with a silver tray with a shot glass full of malt vinegar. <laughs> she just knocks that back and then her face is in there. <laughs> James, you're not making this any easier, that horrible pinched, pinched face yeah, yeah. of her. Pinched. Like anyway, it's not her. Oh, it's not her. It's well, Susie. I'm glad to hear it yeah. after her well, appalling behaviour. you could have got her back, though. So, so it's Susie Dent. In a way, I just did. <laughs> but, uh... She's a well-known... Uh, le she's a lexicographer. She is. I've heard that. <laughs> no, she's married with two kids. <laughs> Radio. Do you think the world's about this man? Um, did you see that, program? I did. Uh, what was he, 70 stone? He was 70... No, he was really relieved because he thought he was 70. And they said, well, we've got some good news. And he was only 56 stone. Oh, so he was wow. so happy. That was after quite a bit of dieting. And then he lost even more weight. Mm. But, oh, he was fat, Frank. He's down to... So he'll be fat. Fat Frank. If you, if you <laughs> turn it on, world's fat, Britain's fattest man, he wasn't <laughs> fat. You'd feel cheated. Yeah. He'd be like the magician's. Well, I'll tell you what size he would be. He's um, extra, 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 extra large. Is that what he is, yeah. officially? What 
it's, it's interesting because there was a time, of course, when comedians would do um, unkind jokes about mm. fat people, and I think we've, we've been told that that's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. That's on one side of the scales. On the other side of the scales, we're, we're asked <laughs> to discourage... man. Well, <laughs> Britons. <laughs> but oh. also, we're supposed to discourage children from obesity, and the True. best way to do that is to really lay into uh, fat people in, in a comical way, and then they'll think, well, I don't, want, I don't want to be that person. You know what I mean? It's a dilemma. Hmm. He ate 30 to 40 chocolate bars a day, didn't he? Mm. You see, I have to say, there's something admirable about British <laughs> this man. There is, because that, you know what I mean, we're all, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm i a bit, um, a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips, you know what I mean? Mm. I don't really allow myself to and indulge. the hips don't lie. You know, I remember saying over Christmas, just one mince pie. You know what I mean? Now, he wouldn't say that, a Britain's yeah. fattest. Let's call him BFM. <laughs> Paul Mason would say, oh, I wouldn't mind another box of them, actually. If you've got... <laughs> and there is something fabulously yeah. exhilarating about that level of self-indulgence. Yeah. They said for lunch, you would often have fish and chips four times and two kebabs. And you'd have like a two-litre bottle of Coca-Cola with it. Not Diet Coke. No. Fat Coke, Oh, that would be a bit weird if he was having Diet Coke and 40 packets of crisps a day. Yeah, but fish and chips four times. I mean, do you lose some kebabs for the table. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But do you think, is there a moment when you're thinking, "Mm, actually, is this this two or three? There was one thing I did notice, Frank, which is when he was opening his crisps. Oh, thank God. I wonder what he's going to (laughs) say. When he was opening his arm. He, he had some tin foil, which he laid out in front of him mm. on a big sort of slab and then opened all the packets and put them on the tin foil. Because oh, one crisp packet. Make, I mean, that was, that was like make, one tic-tac to him. That yeah. wasn't To enough. make one giant crisp packet. Yeah. He has to make his own crisp packets big enough. Yeah. So there's, he's got, you know, he's... But do you know what I mean about the something admirable? That's I agree in some way. Inventive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose you get quite inventive about how to eat enormous amounts of food if that's what you do. Um, I, it, apparently he's cost the taxpayers over a million pounds. Personally, I'm happy to put my share in. <laughs> yeah. Just it's for like the, the knowledge that there is a man living in the same country as me who will have fish and chips four times and two kebabs for the table. <laughs> I just want to know that he exists. It's like the royal family. He gives something back to yeah, us all. Yeah, you know, exactly. a service. He had to have, in the documentary... It's like the royal... You could go to the changing of the lard. <laughs> when uh, when he switches midweek <laughs> from one fifty-six pound tub of lard to the next one, I'd, I'd turn up for that. When he goes for his operation, though, because he doesn't leave the house much, it was a bit curious because they managed to hoist him into the ambulance, which took some time. That was a good twenty minutes worth of the documentary. <clears throat> and whilst he's in there, he's looking around and out the window, and he's going, "Oh!" And they're on the motorway, and he's going. Oh, the speed they go at now. Yeah. Well, you're fat, not Victorian. Surely you realise <laughs> people drove fast on the motorway. I think you should text him, just, you're <laughs> fat, not Victorian. <laughs> I think that needs to be hammered home. Anyway, he's on the way down now, and, uh, you know, we, we wish him well. I still like to think occasionally he will have f- fish and chips four times and two kebabs <laughs> for the table, just for the whole time's sake. Well, what I do honestly feel sorry for him is that it says one of his diets was that he was limited to four pints of milk flavoured with OXO cubes each day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is not nice. Well, what I like about that, <laughs> I have to say, 
is sometimes when you're drinking milk, one can forget that it's come from cattle. Not if it's Oxo flavour. <laughs> he's gone for... He's thinking, really, I want the whole cow Double here. beef. Yeah, I want the whole Double cow. Beef. Can you make this milk taste more cow-like? <laughs> well, we could cook some... Yeah, do it! <laughs> the terrible thing, though, is he could have that idea and, of course, not be able to get to the cupboard. Thank God he's got the helpers who, who look after him and stuff. He's a bit like Santa Claus in, in that respect. <laughs> One associates him with, you know, excess and... Is that why? No, but around. the carers have been cut down. That's the trouble. Yeah. The more what, weight snipers? he loses... <laughs> the more weight he loses, the less help he'll get. And that, I don't think that he's very happy about that. Oh, that's a... Oh, that's strange He threw dilemma. a sugar-free jelly at the window in anger. That's what I'm saying. Did he? Mm. Oh, but I bet, you know, I bet he hates the idea of a sugar-free jelly. His arm is still wobbling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is the jelly. In fact, he found quite a lot of sugar-free jelly under his arm. <laughs> when they cleaned him up. I don't think we should go any further down this road. I don't no. want to be unkind about BFM. But I will send that little text. He's a hero. Yeah, send him, you send him a text and I'll send him a galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute Radio, Frank Skinner. I've been reading about supermarkets this week. <laughs> Strange, you may say. Why have you gone so Wintonian? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Yeah? I'll tell you exactly why. Because I was interested in some statistics... Yeah. That were knocking around. Apparently, you spend sixty-four days of your life supermarket shopping. I don't. Well, you don't. Okay, but I, I actually quite like it. Go on, carry on. Oh, do you? Yeah. Do you? Well, there are other statistics. Apparently, you travel twenty-two thousand miles to and from the store. You do. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. No, no, you do. <laughs> And one in 20 people look for deals on com- price comparison sites, which I just thought, that's bad. What? I do that. Yeah, they before actually going go shopping. compare. Yeah. <laughs> someone does it. So, uh, the idea that someone goes and compares, having been told by that bloke, that terrible song, to do yeah. it. I would now, I wouldn't go compare under any circumstances, <laughs> in any context. <laughs> I, don't, I, I just don't compare anymore. I still do a bit of comparing. <laughs> but if you start singing Go Compare, <laughs> I, um, I'll have to stop that as well. Mm. I love, um, I tell you what, it's a great delight of mine. I don't have many acquired skills. I can't ride a bike, I can't swim, I can't roller skate, I can't ski. You're a TV funny man, though. Mm. Well, I'm man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what I have got quite good at is packing... Uh, my bag in uh, in a supermarket. Oh, no way. Have you oh. got a system? Well, I've got... It's sturdy on the bottom. I'll so say. So I, I sort of go, you know, tins or cartons on the bottom. Yeah. You gotta, you, I know you want to put those crisps in. Leave them be. And yeah. you're moving your way up to damage yeah. them. moving yeah. them in so you get some of the, some of the sturdy plastic stuff for the, that was fruit in. That's all right in the middle there. It's the closest I get to doing a Sudoku. <laughs> it's, it's just Frank, at the end of it. It's, what do you what do you put on the top layer just out of interest? Well, it, Coriander. It, it'll often be snack food. Yeah, because oh, right. that's it's a delicate beast <laughs> at the best of times. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what I'll do is I'll I'll uh, I'll actually strengthen one side of the bag with a, a newspaper and magazine, oh, so yeah. that when I lay in oh, the ballast. car, ballast. I love ballast. Yeah, it oh, hasn't clever. got like my 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 wheel jack. And digging into the side of my sliced bread. A bit like when people put um, old doors in the side of a skip so that it's all pushing. It makes the skip even bigger. Gives them an extra three Mm. feet, I'd say. Yeah. If not more. You're always you're always one with a skip tip. <laughs> I, I, I have when I go shopping I have a carb alarm fitted to my uh, basket sometimes. 
which sounds quite shrill. Yeah, it sounds quite loudly. If I'm approaching anything like a bread counter and or a French fancy, oh really? That I, starts ringing. I am king of the bargains to the point where my wife doesn't really like it if I do the food shop because I come back with lots of stuff with yellow and orange stickers on it saying "Oops, eat me now." Basically, the closer something is to free and poisonous or <laughs> off, then the, the more likely I am to buy it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Oh, I love a reduced pork pie on the way home from a supermarket <laughs> shop. Love it. Yeah, I, um, I tell you what I enjoy in the supermarket is... Um, I, I, I would have loved... I was obsessed with the Wild West as a child. And that time when people went out there, you know, they just mm. went, got in wagons and they bravely went out to find some land and somewhere to live and somewhere they could farm and take on a new life... To try and tame the wilderness a bit, you know, great courageous pioneer spirit. And when um, when I put up the second food separator on the conveyor belt, you know, the other person will often yeah. put one. When I put the second food separator, you know, the purchase separator. Yeah. So you've got the. T- I think I stand <laughs> at the one I've just put down and look to the other and think, all this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love your sort of frontier building. Yeah, I don't see this as... I'm calling it a liberator more than a separator. Some people, they see it as a negative thing, and, oh, that's that's where my stuff stops, you know. But mm. I, I see it as, you know, well, this land is your land, this land is my land. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like But, that. Frank, there are rules surrounding that separator. I don't like it when people touch my separator. <laughs> no, well, you've mentioned this to me before, never on air. <laughs> But, yes, it sets my teeth on edge. But, um, <laughs> you know... you know what I mean. I don't like no, I it. No, I hate a bedroom prankster in general. <laughs> Absolute Radio with Frank Skinner. So there was a survey that reckoned, right, one in five Britons think that um, fictional characters are real. So people think that think people like Sherlock Holmes and Miss Marple and Blackadder as well, they think they're real, they're people. real people. They were real people from history. Mm who have merely been presented in fiction rather than just made up altogether. Is that the same as when people go up to people from EastEnders and go, I think it's disgusting what you're doing. (laughs) Is that the same thing? Can I just point out that people don't do that? (laughs) They do. No. One of the great popular (laughs) lies is people from soap operas saying, yeah, you know, I had one come up to me in the supermarket and say, you lay off that dude... Total lie. <laughs> Never really? happens. It does happen. No, it doesn't Don't happen. Don't make me tell you it's how a, I know, but I do. It's a rumour oh. put around <laughs> by soap stars to suggest they're such good actors <laughs> that they that the people have, have, have felt that they are absolutely real. Bill Roach, apparently, Willero Rocher, gets very angry about it, and if he is, it said, he subscribes three firm strokes of the cane. <laughs> Um, oh. I think Emily's got an interesting story. She won't tell us about a soap No, just actor. I do know that that does happen to... I don't believe it. Well, I, I'll tell you afterwards people how I ca- know. People come up to me and say, oh, you're such an idiot. <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, no, that is just real. Yeah. I've confused myself So we're not talking with about soap actors, we're talking about people like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah, people think that Sherlock like Holmes, not is real, but was real, presumably. Hmm. I and watched um, Family Fortunes once, and the question was... Name someone who, whose existence has never been proved, but, but who people still believe in. Mm. And these two uh, women, a younger woman and, a mid, and an older woman, went up to the, you know, when you have to hit the, hit the counter um, yeah. to get it. And he said, right, so someone whose existence has never been proved, but who people still believe in. And this one went, Hitler! <laughs> <laughs> And he said, no, I, I, think, I think he did exist. 
And the old woman still hadn't hit the buzzer. Anyway, she hit the buzzer. There's no need to hit the buzzer. She hit the buzzer and she said, a driving licence. <laughs> well, turns out she was answering something you'd find in a woman's handbag from the previous question. I've spent much of this week, I must say, watching, and I'm going to own up to this, watching I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. Oh, love it. You know, Freddie Starr got so ill that he had to go home. Was it as a result of the Bush Tucker trial? Well, they said he had a severe allergic reaction, (laughs) and then a a spokesman for the the show said, he probably just, like, brushed against some leaves in the jungle, or he he leaned on some bark that he's reacted to. And I thought, hold on, (laughs) you just made him eat a a pig's bottom... And some other things I don't feel I can even mention on the radio. Mm. And you think he might have leaned against some bark <laughs> to make him... He, he famously ate a, a hamster, of course, Freddie. But I don't know if you've seen him on this show. He looks like he might have also ate the family who owned it <laughs> and, and the semi-detached house that they lived in. He's packing some pounds. Wow! He's really, mm. a big machine. He's a big unit, now, is he? Mm. I've only seen him in pictures, but I do like the idea that he ate the... Uh, is it like the greasy spoon or something that they had... They called mm. it a massive meal, and he just shoveled the whole lot down. He did, but in an incredible, arrogant way. Yeah. And he said of the other guy from, who's from uh, the oh, Way Essex, yeah. he said, yeah, you know, he put spray tan cream on his face. He had no chance. <laughs> 20 minutes later, he's in hospital. <laughs> <laughs> he told, I feel he told a, a bit a, like that at one of those all-you-can-eat buffets. I feel like that's how I'd be going at it. <laughs> but it was... Uh, he was horrible. Ready, saw. Fabulously horrible. Mm, he was. Really it's a shame he's sort of, gone. It is. I'll miss him. Willie, <laughs> Willie Carson as well. I think he could deliver. Yes. How he are you finding deliver. him? He has very pert breasts, I've noticed. Uh, <laughs> Willie Carson. I, mean, I, I most thought he could do with a bit uh, of a hoist up. Most people are looking at this woman from the real hustle, but I can't take my eyes off Willie Carson. <laughs> <laughs> they have that cute, like, French 60s actress kind of uh, look to them. <laughs> What's he wearing under that? Oh, I tell you, but they, they aggravate a T-shirt. Big time. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, he really is something else. <laughs> And uh, I like he's, he's still got. It, there's a bit where he's, they had to sit on this thing, and he's with his tiny legs, his tiny white sort of. Oh, he's small. Like isn't doll's he? legs hanging down. Oh man, it was. <laughs> he's my favourite, as um, as Bruce would say. <laughs> Can I ask another? Um, I'm a celebrity. Question. Please do. The Rain Chase, who I don't know, is maybe in her sixties now. Uh, she's sixty, actually. Okay, the Rain Chase. Still, you know, she's uh, she looks. Um, Anyway, anyway she, yeah, she looks fine. She, uh, her specialist, uh, not specialist, uh, luxury item was yeah. a teddy bear. And I thought, well, that, I'd be a bit afraid of sleeping in the same jungle camp as a 60-year-old woman <laughs> with a teddy bear, because I think this is, we're all going to wake up murdered. <laughs> if, if you can wake up murdered. Uh, but then I started to think about, I still have... Uh, my own teddy bear, Little Ted, from my from my childhood, which actually belonged to our Nora before me. It's quite an old teddy bear, and I don't, I don't, um, I don't uh, cuddle him anymore. But he's sitting on a shelf, mm. and I thought I I wouldn't want to do any damage to Little Ted. You know what I mean? I, although I know in my heart of hearts it's an inanimate object, mm. I couldn't bring myself to throw it up the wall, for example. And then I thought, could I do that to any teddy bear? 
And then I asked myself, could I lie a teddy bear on a chopping board and <laughs> knock a nail through its face? <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know what, I couldn't do it. Even though I know it's just, you know, <laughs> cotton and or even synthetics, I could not knock a nail through a teddy bear's face. And to me, that's how you judge whether you're civilised or not. <laughs> Chris Rock, he's he's gone. <laughs> What's happened to him? Looks different. Looks oh, really looks, different. Looks terrible. Look as it looks as if like he's a the, he's a, he literally a ghost of his former self. He needs to cut down on the fags as well. Who is Chrissy Rock? Yeah, I've been wondering that. I don't know. I, I think. Uh, See, I could knock a nail comic. through her face and pick nothing <laughs> off it. <laughs> That's that's one of the weird contradictions, isn't it? Of how you decide how civilized you are. Absolute Radio, Frank Skinner. Tremendous news this morning. I'm wearing a singlet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't never wear a singlet. Someone gave me one. I'm going to show it. Look, oh, there it is. Oh, Why don't you? Yeah. Nice. I, was, I wore a cherub vest when I was about four, but I don't think I've worn one since then. Why have you gone for the singlet? Well, um, it's I can't tell you because I, 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 something happened to me yesterday which left me a little sore. Oh, me too. So someone... Me too, but anyway, on with the story. <laughs> Let's not go into that. It's because you are a singer. <laughs> singer, it would be quite a nice name for someone who hasn't got a partner, it's, wouldn't it? It's done already, I love it. Isn't that isn't isn't very clever? Okay, marvellous. Um, or unless if, if Natalie done. Portman uh, became uh, singer, yeah. well, of course she'd be a signet. Oh. Right. oh. God, I'm absolutely on fire this morning. Can you smell that? Oh, no, it's the control desk. Help. <laughs> Can you still get a string vest? Oh, very much so. Yeah, Can you? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I mean, to be worn underneath rather than to be worn on Strictly Come Dancing. I mean, oh, I see what you mean. No, they're more of a fashion look. I don't, I don't, they're not often worn undershirts these days, but you're still doing it. I like you for that. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I don't like that. Big fashion news, string vests out. <laughs> I don't. I sort of associate them with... Violence. Yes, at I, home. I know what you're mm. going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's brighten things up. Although I've had terrible news this morning. Poirot oh. has been pulled. Oh no. Oh. Poirot's been pulled. <laughs> I'm going to write a sort of Bob Dylan. Poirot's been pulled. <laughs> Broken my heart. Poirot's been pulled. I'm falling apart. I'm Mrs. Mustache and his accent so fine. Poirot's been pulled and I'm losing my mind. Um. Can you believe I just made that up? You can. It's, Many people can. People are not quibbling. It was a kind of show. I'd want to give you a round of applause. <laughs> I'm glad it you did. It was didn't. so good. I, I'm glad. I'm glad for that. Um, it just fell off me like windfall fruit falling from a tree. Mm. And some of it was a bit brown and squidgy. I think you'll have noticed. Mm. Now I knew the lady. Well, I still know the lady who did makeup for um, David Suchet. Oh. Wow. <laughs> How long does it take to put a false moustache on? <laughs> well, I think there was other stuff, but that was the main. Oh. She used to uh, she used to have to... Uh, Dad had, like, a special ca- travelling case, like a flight case wow. for Poirot's moustache. And uh, she'd try it on him, you know, in, in his various... Um, try a few on him, I think. Mm. I think there was a few of them. It was like Skippy. I think there was 12 Skippies. They used to travel them in, in knotted sacks in the backs <laughs> of vans. Cruel in those. You couldn't get away with it nowadays. They have to have two keepers for Poirot's moustache. <laughs> but anyway, um, you had to try a few on him, and it was a sort of Suchet and C approach. Oh. And uh, at the end of the last run, he, um, he gave her an enormous moustache. 
Like he? about four foot across. Horrible present. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it, it's, it was like a, it was made out of card, and he'd signed oh. it and all that. Thank you for looking after my oh, moustache. Very, very self-referential, very isn't it? <laughs> I think it's a beautiful story. Well, apparently he only, he, refu- he only speaks in a French accent, doesn't he, on set? Is I don't right? know how well he can speak French, so it's just the accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if he goes to the catering truck, he says, I will have the... Um, and she, I mean, he won't. you can't talk to him in normal really? voice. Oh, no, I, I, can't, I can't cope with that. No. that. That method stuff. No? No, I find that a bit... Frank, we've had a, quite a good text in. Frank, if Natalie Portman wore a singlet, would it be a swan vesta? <laughs> <laughs> Absolute Radio with Frank Skinner. Earlier on in the show, uh, I said that I'd had a text in and the subject line was fat women, which alarmed me mm. somewhat. It was turned out to be from Amanda Taunton. Hi, Frank, Emily and Alan. I've just heard on the absolute news that Britain has the fattest women. Thank God I live in Australia. Mm. And by the way, you just finished off the bread and butter pudding. So there was there was actually some headline today. Did you guys see that? Yeah. And we're fat, apparently. There's an obesity crisis amongst British females. Yeah, I didn't need to read that in the paper. Just walk down the high street. It's like, a, it's, it's a knockout out there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Blimey, he's straight, straight in the cockerel. All I care about... He doth crow. <laughs> All I care about is that he said, out there. That's all I care oh, about. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. Um, well, I don't know. Is it, is it true? But you say that. But what about uh, WFW has been in the news? Who's oh. that, Frank? Oh, that's the world's fattest woman. Good boy. I thought that was um, that the clerk guy. <laughs> 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 yes, but this is quite a happy story. Is she, is she in any way tied in with uh, BFM? Was a character, a regular character. On I this sincerely show. hope uh, not. Britain's fattest man. Britain's fattest man. We should explain. Yeah. No, but he no longer. Alex. He'd uh, be a good. He should have his own radio station. Just called BFM. <laughs> 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 For Britain's fattest man, he'd be all right as long as he could well, just wheel, wheel him from microphone to microphone. Carry on. It's pa- she's Pauline Potter. BFM is Paul Mason or Paul Masson, as I like to call him. Okay. Pauline Potter. Uh, <laughs> I, I just—that's the right name, name for the world's fattest woman, isn't it? Pauline Potter. It just <laughs> sounds right. She can't even Potter. She can't get out of bed anymore. Poor, poor, can't Potter about. Oh yeah, that's good. But I don't feel—I don't feel that sorry for her because she, this was a target of hers. She's—I yeah. um, believe she's fifty stone. Fifty-two. Yeah, and she she did that. She took that on herself. Uh-huh. Well, apparently, it's made her relationships back on track. Her ex-husband says he can't resist her now. Mm. He says she's dynamite in bed. <laughs> well, I don't know if she's dynamite. More like napalm. <laughs> <laughs> He imagine. said, I'm desperate to be her lover and caretaker again. Which I thought was quite a strange <laughs> romantic. Like Does he get one of those brown overalls? Oh, dear. My dad was a school caretaker. We couldn't move for ISL toilet paper and uh, an Ajax in our house. And neither can her ex-husband. No, like, I, no I shouldn't think so. one of her legs weighs more than he does. Yeah. How did they... If he were made of gold. How, <laughs> how well do you know someone where you can say, oh, tell you what, shall we... Pauline, what about we weigh one of your legs tonight? <laughs> she was all right with that. Yeah. And what about, what about one of your upper arms? Come on, get that on. Oh, hold on, let's get a pen and paper. We'll do you in sections. And then we'll add it up and see if they come to 52 stone. What if they don't? That'll be bizarre. <laughs> That's the kind of fun they have at home. He's 11 stone, the husband. Yeah. yeah. He's 11 and she's 52. I want, does he call her his other half? 
<laughs> oh, does he call her his other five sixths? <laughs> <laughs> have to change the fraction. <laughs> Frank, Frank, Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Oh, anyway, what else? Well, I'll tell you what else. Um, I've had, you know, I've moved out of my old place, mm-hmm. staying with friends. Celebrity friends. Yeah, staying with celebrities, SWC, on the census form. We already established <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. It's my box of choice. Um, but it, obviously, I've bought somewhere, and I'm waiting for it all to go through. You we know? should say that um, mm. Emily's staying with Duncan Norvell. <laughs> Chase me fame. But I once saw a poster for a Duncan Norvell show about three or four years ago, and it said, uh, Duncan Norvell... TV star of the 70s. Oh, oh, no. I'm not saying with Duncan. Uh, can you imagine if I was? People think I am now. Anyway, I found the place that I want, and it's lovely. So what I'm doing, Frank, is preparing, you know, before the big move, making some little key purchases, mm. items I want. Also, I've got a little garden area, which I haven't I had know, before. I know, Frank. Sorry, what? It's my first sort of patch. It's my... <laughs> yes. It's the first time I've had a, a little patch. Yes. We're never going to get through this. No, 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 come along. Um, and it's concrete. <laughs> you know, I, I hate sleeping in the concrete patch. I don't know about you. Um, even the producer's lost it. So, but it's a small area, Frank. Yeah. It's not a big area. <laughs> no, stop it now. This is going to... I'm not trying to do this. I'm no. explaining. It's a small area. So... Mm. But, you know, what I want is the odd plant. You want to spruce it up a bit? Yeah, I do. But is it concrete? If it's concrete... Well, when I, I say concrete, I'm... what I mean is in a really beautiful, like it, the sort of oriental garden, that sort of thing. It's got oh, those slates. You know, those oh, slates. Oh, yes. Oh, no, it's not some inner city thing. Mm. It's very pleasant looking, but it's small. So I need someone just to come in maybe once a month, do a bit of tending. But all the, if it's that small, mm. surely can't you do it? No, absolutely not. So I, need... I think it's quite trendy. I think it could fit with your... I think I saw in the... the uh, I did Alan Titchmass uh, oh, yeah. this week, and uh, they were advertising Armani kneeling pads. Oh, I don't want to get those. Well, oh. they come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to... I presume there'll be a housewarming party. <laughs> anyway. So, um, so, anyway, so it means... I thought what I'll get, Frank, is mm. a man to come in... Once a month, maybe every yeah. three to four weeks, you know, just an odd job man. That's what I'm looking for, essentially, yes. an odd job man. So I asked a friend who recommended someone, I found the perfect man, he's brilliant. He said, Great, he's just left his old job, so he's got you know, he's ready to start. I said, Great, well, who is he? Is he gonna have time to do it? Who's he working for before? You two, you two's gardener. Hold on, you two don't all live <laughs> together, do they? No, but he looked after quite a few of them independently, I think. Oh, I had a lovely feeling that they all lived in a oh, house I'd love with, that. The, with the garden. But Frankie's going to take... spider, another big spider. <laughs> in the garden, like a big spider greenhouse <laughs> that they all go in. But Frank, I can't have you two... It's going to turn up with some big Chris Eubank tractor uh, uh, coming up the street. It's quite it's exciting. That, but you won't be cheap. You t- I mean, well, imagine... this is what... I don't have that kind of money. I have those kind of tastes. I don't have that kind of money. No. He'll be He's... good. He'll be good at the edging. Oh, Gareth. absolutely fabulous! <laughs> Absolute Radio, Frank Skinner. We were in a cafe after the last show, and uh, the Cockrell's family yeah. turned up. Mrs. Cockrell Mrs. And, and Mother Hen. Cockrell Junior, who yeah. I've sort of christened CJ. Yes, yeah. a sort of child <laughs> in Dallas. Yeah. So anyway, um, 
he gone. He sold us out, didn't he, Cockrell Junior? Yeah, he's got some little. Toys. He had, uh, I think the, his current batch were yeah. um, Iron Man, tiny yes. Iron Man action figures. Mm. I mean, I think of an action figure of being what seven or eight inches mm. in stature. These were what two inches max. And CJ. the nice thing about it is he gave me soldiers, mm-hmm. and I was at the opposite side of the table, and I started playing with them, and I'm thinking maybe should, I should involve the child a little bit more <laughs> after, say, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a total flashback to when I used to play with toy soldiers. When I say toy soldiers, they, weren't act- they were rarely soldiers. No. When I played with them, they were actually cowboys and what mm. we used to call Indians. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Of course, they weren't Indians, but cowboys and Native Americans. Didn't well, that wasn't in, her, in our vocabulary. Didn't scan. But one of it, I noticed, is um, is Iron Man, the helmet come off, and it, they had the proper Tony Stark goatee. Yeah. There was details. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I used to have these long... Oh, I used to play... I think I was quite a lonely child, looking back. <laughs> I used to get, like, a, a couple of cowboys. Mm. I, I always used to do it over the sink, for some reason. I liked the... Yeah. I felt the sink was partially my area. Right. Yeah. I was a serial vomiter as a child. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you don't want that around soft furnishings. A lot of children play in their bedroom, but you opted for they the same. Oh, I couldn't play them. It was bitterly cold in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> we used to get ice on the inside of our windows in the bedroom. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not and you had our kids sleeping off a hangover often. Well, yeah. Well, and our Terry. And our Terry. There was a time they were both heavy drinkers and the three of us was in the same room. Oh, right. I couldn't lift that bucket. <laughs> Anyway. So, let's cut to you yeah, so in I'd, the scullery with the soldiers. Yeah, so I, I'd, I'd have the, the cowboy. I might have three or four cowboys standing around in a circle, and then we'd just have <laughs> long conversations. <laughs> no no action at all, with me saying things like, I mean, very, what I thought was, like, general cowboy parlance. Like, I walked into a uh, cactus. <laughs> yes, they, they're a hazard. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, for hours, like that. It was, um, sort of cowboy coffee morning. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna go, gonna ride out to Tombstone later on. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's been very dry the weather of late, <laughs> and I find that the, there's a lot of dust coming up off the trail. It really, it gets on my chest. I don't know about you. It was like that, and also there was <laughs> for hours. Oh, and also, I have to confess to this: there was little or no integration. I, oh. the, I used to, my my Red Indian soldiers. They'd have, they'd have their own separate sessions where they talked about in a similar mundane fashion, <laughs> in a black country accent, about things like uh, oh, the central strut on my teepee. Oh. Uh, does it look very safe? They, they didn't do much that. fighting then. You're no, no. Oh. I, I, very. I don't remember them ever fighting. Actually, I think they were too too deeply ensconced in general chit chat. Se- like segregation and coffee mornings. Yeah, it yeah. Sounds like you were a sort of scriptwriter in waiting because that would build the tension, wouldn't it? That's like uh, that's yeah, almost was, like modern films, isn't it? It was like an art art house. <laughs> there must be a fight coming soon because look, they're discussing the banal. <laughs> but no, there isn't. <laughs> And John, I had a Johnny West figure, and he was like an action man ver- version, but a cowboy. So he was. Oh. He used to sit with the others. He was in scale. He would have been like twenty foot tall. Right. Goodness. And his size was never mentioned. I'll say that for him. <laughs> Tell me about it. So I was able. To, <laughs> I was able to mix it, but it really took me back. I I I could happily now sit and play with. Um, Thai cowboys and Indians for yeah. a couple of hours on my own. 
Well, mm. that was evident. Wasn't yeah, it? And, and, <laughs> and who's to say that I don't? Absolute Radio with Frank Skinner. As you know, I've always been slightly affronted that I wasn't uh, hacked. Mm. Were you not hacked? No, I took it as, a, as, a, as an almighty slap in the face. Uh, and I've never felt that more keenly than this week when Anne Diamond stepped into the dock and I thought, well, they couldn't be bothered to hack my phone, but they were queuing up to find out the general tittle-tattle of Anne Diamond. Oh, no. I thought, how long has this phone hacking been going on? It's been going on since before there were mobile phones, is all I can... Yeah. And and, and then so. she she gets up and she does that thing that Richard and Judy does, yeah. describes herself as a journalist. Right. You, know, you know, people who are a bit, who are a bit sort of uh, TV souffle type yes. people, just, yes. you know, TV presenters. Don't call yourself journalists as if you're hard hitting out there in the war zone instead of doing something about a, a multicoloured bus stop in uh, <laughs> in Warwick. Um, but it did remind mm. me. Because um, she's up there giving her, her views and as if she's, you know, very uh, authoritative. But um, She wore a chunky knit, I seem to recall. Yes, she did. Did she wear a chunky knit in oh, court? Yeah, I think she might have, yeah. Oh, OK. But she... Uh, there she is giving her evidence and people making notes and all being taken seriously. It's only about, I bet, 12 months that she was in the Daily Mail saying that a ghost had tried to sell her a house. <laughs> is that... <laughs> Is that right? So Anne Diamond uh, is looking for houses a few uh, few years back and uh, turns up at this place with her mum. Old lady lets her in, mm. says, have a look round, help yourselves. Mm. They have a wander round. Uh, they like it. Anne's thinking, uh, possibly putting in an offer. Mm -hmm. Go low, we'll see how it goes. Mm. Uh, they come back to sit, can't find the little old lady. So they're wandering around the house, they go into the living room, they sit down... And so well, that's a bit weird. We don't we don't have the keys. We can't even lock up when we go. And then the mother says to Anne, Anne, and Anne Diamond says yes. <laughs> she says, well, "There was no furniture when we came in. What are we sitting on?" They realised they were sitting on a, an enormous coffin, no, in the middle of the uh, living room. So uh, they become distressed and uh, <clears throat> dash out the house. Mm. Found the estate agent. We well, would. And said, you know, what's going on? This well, I'm curious he wasn't there in the first place, but never mind. Yeah, the yeah. estate agent said that's uh, impossible because I've got the keys to that house <clears> and no. uh, the old lady who lived there died some, what, some three weeks gone. Was it a dark and stormy night? <laughs> some three weeks gone. <laughs> she was, she was, was it John Lennon's <laughs> archaic language? She was, found, uh, she was found lying on the living room floor, exactly where the coffin had been. Oh, no. <gasps> So not only was she a ghost, but she was she had a ghost uh, coffin as well. Right. You know what I think? Ghostwood. I think I think Anne and her mum were going to view a house and they popped the weather spoons on the way and had a view in the afternoon. That. You can't say that about Anne Diamond. <laughs> I can if I want. I mean, if you think a ghost has showed you around a house, you've started early, that's what I say. <laughs> well, um, I've, I've, as it turns out, I've actually hacked Anne Diamond's phone. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I just, we can just make this... Uh, Hello, Mum. Hello, Anne. Um, <laughs> look, I haven't been in the paper for about four years. I wonder if you'd back me up on a story. Oh, what is it this time? Well, it's a sort of a ghost trying to sell me a house. What do you think? <laughs> oh, Anne, for goodness sake! <laughs> That's all I got, but I think, I think the evidence is there. Nice. <laughs> Frank! 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 Skinner! Frank Skinner! Absolute Radio! Skinner.